got love for you, man. Okay. What are we talking about? You know, I'm not here to start any trouble. I'm only going to say nice things about you from now on. I think you're handsome, and I think you're a wonderful host. I'm fat and I'm overweight. Just don't say anything silly. I was waiting for you to say that. I'm not laughing about it. You think this is funny? I take this serious. You know, I don't want y'all to take anything out of context that I'm saying. He's very funny. He likes to joke around a lot. As a personality and as an entertainer, yes. This is going to be really quick. I'm not taking any questions. Go ahead and get comfortable. I'm going to talk for a little bit. You're listening to Cabbie Presents, the podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to the Cabbie Presents podcast. Thank you for spending some time with me and this conversation with a legend. Back in 2005, I was the most annoying interviewer slash reporter on planet Earth. And I believe I still hold that distinction. I'm on a golf course in just outside of Toronto. And this legend granted me some of his time. I don't really think he knew who I was. And I certainly knew who he was because of his distinction and the accolades that he had achieved in the game of hockey. Back to me being annoying. I pressed my face against another grown man's face. In fact, I used to do that quite often. So my nose, my greasy nose, and this, and this is the middle of the summer, is I'm like sweating on this man's cheek, and he was so cool about it. <laughs> he has a nickname, Killer, but he, I think he had retired the killer behavior that he demonstrated on the ice, which led to a Hall of Fame career. But from that moment, I was like, this guy is my dude. But in another time, man, this guy did me a huge favor. I wrote this sketch for David Clarkson of the Toronto Maple Leafs when he first signed with the team to do a tour of Toronto done by Joffrey Lupul and have a cameo by James Van Riemsdyk. And we were waiting for JVR and Lupul to be finished with practice with the Toronto Maple Leafs. It, they were like an hour late. So I'm in the car with Doug Gilmore, and I'm just talking about like OHL hockey, which I am totally out of my breadth of knowledge. If we were talking about Italian cinema or... Mediterranean cuisine, I may have been able to contribute more to this conversation. But I'm just holding on. Doug Gilmore's got things to do. He was running a team as a general manager of the Kingston franchise. And finally, the player showed up. He shot his cameo, and the piece was complete. And now, get ready for a completely fresh and fun conversation with the Hall of Famer, who steps into the studio right now. And I remember this other time where uh, I used to always get on punishment and told not to use the phone. You know, I'm honest. I'm I'm literally giving people a picture of what I went through at all aspects Mm -hmm. of my life. Honestly, almost anything goes. It's amazing to, you know, to step into the ring with someone like like him. Who are you and uh, where do you come from? May I ask? The last time I saw this man, he did me a massive favor by appearing in a Cabbie Presents video in the dopest blue Adidas tracksuit circa 1984 with James Van Riemsdyk right outside of a nightclub which no longer exists in Toronto. He wore, he even wore a mullet for the spot. I love this man. He is in the Hockey Hall of Fame for his contributions and excellence on the ice. He's royalty in the city of Toronto and an absolute G. Happy to welcome Doug Gilmore to the Cabbie Presents podcast. Thank you for being here, sir. Cabbie, my pleasure. But uh, why don't you give me a heads up? What a 
let my hair go and got a real mullet. <laughs> Imagine you could still rock that. There are some. I think does it isn't uh, doesn't Ron Duguay still hang on to the? I mean, I think yeah, he does c- TV on MSG. Yeah, I feel like he still hangs on to the locks that he had. He's in, got hair. That's all he cares about, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, if you if you could still grow it, you might as well. Got to hang on to it. Um, okay, I'm going to start with the um, the hard questions first. The hardest question: uh, How much trouble would you and your teammates? have gotten into circa like 1987 to 1995 if iPhones existed? Um, I think we'd be uh, caught out late sometimes. Right, yeah. Um, beyond that, it's like uh, nothing's really changed that way, but it's just your night's out and the, the fun and the <laughs> camaraderie that you'd have yeah, together. No, the fun is what I mean. Yeah. Just the fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it'd be a different world for us, for sure. Did anyone even have like a disposable camera back in like the eighties or nineties? Like any dude no. on the just even documenting just a dinner at a random steakhouse or no, not really, not, not really. even no, a disposable camera. Like we, nothing was no, documented. No, no. Honestly, we would uh, plan our own, I guess, seeds where we're going to go on different nights. And again, back in our days, it's like every Monday night it would be a Phoenix. You, oh, at the Phoenix nightclub. Yeah. Yes, here in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. institution. If we weren't playing certainly uh, Wednesday, we'd be at Loose Moose. <laughs> on Front Street? No, not on Front Street. It oh, was on, where was it before? Uh, uh, it wasn't uh, Wellington. It was, uh, was it Richmond, I think. Richmond, okay, yeah. yeah. Alice Vazuli's was right up. Oh, there. yeah, yeah. That was, uh, that's, I think that's John and Richmond area-ish. Yeah, yeah. Or so, maybe it was Adelaide. Yeah, okay. Maybe Adelaide. So, um Again, then obviously PM Toronto's. So it was, uh, Which is Church and Carlton. You see, right at Church and Carlton, right in the heart of everything. And you know what? I lived on Wood Street, right behind the gardens, my first year. What do you mean? Like you had like a, an apartment. apartment? Yeah. The Felix Potman was up about uh, four levels from me. So it'd take us um, 20 seconds to get to the rink. So after a game, go right to the apartment, take the suit off. Don't forget, Saturday night games were 8 o'clock then. Okay. So by the time we got there, it's midnight, and everything shut down at one. So did you guys have a nickname for your like your apartment or his like that building? No, no. It, there was a couple ways we go through it. You come from Carlton Street as well, okay, and go through this Quality Inn. I think it was at the time, <laughs> and you go through the elevator and get and then con- kind of connect to uh, the place. So it, it was great. It was like my my best story with Felix. Um. Just a really quiet guy. And so every Saturday, not every Saturday, but certain nights he goes, what are you doing tonight? I said, um, I'm just going to PM Toronto. I was like, oh, forget it. So the one night, uh, we were on Queen Street um, East. It was uh, some kind of hall um, where bands played. Okay. And it was punk rock. Okay. So... As I say punk rock, kind of like um, Green Day at the time. Oh, okay, okay. And so I said, okay, Felix, I'm going with you tonight. So we got our leather jackets on, jeans on, and uh, grab here. Next thing you know, I can't find him. He's getting, he's in a mosh pit. <laughs> and I'm, I'm losing my mind going, do not drop him, do not drop him. <laughs> Is this like early, early 90s, like midnight? Like- what we're talking after Christmas. You know what I mean? Like, the 93 season. Oh, that season. Oh, <laughs> It's like... Oh, yeah. No, you can't drop that dude. We're, no, we're, no, no, no. We're, yeah. we're only out for like an hour and a half, but I'm like, do not drop him. 
<laughs> it was like, that's it. I'm not going to hang with you anymore. Cause... Would, would you have been responsible? And who was the GM at the time? Cliff. Was, okay, yeah. Oh, and then uh, yeah. was the coach. Yeah. Can you imagine me coming back? What, what happened last night? Ah, nothing. He fell. Yeah, okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> there would have been so many mother bleepers. And oh, the, yeah. Oh, the, the language. Yeah, I miss the good old days. I mean, I still say mother bleeper, but I mean, you hearing it like the dudes, you know, the, your coach would have been like right in your earball. Um, did cities like uh, Vancouver or Montreal have the same cachet back then as they do now for like just nights out with the yeah. dudes, great restaurants? Yeah, 100%. Meeting new friends? 100%. It was, uh, and New York, I guess you could probably throw in there too. New York was a tough one, honestly, because you know what? It's big. You don't really know where to go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, like you, you, you get accustomed to people that are in front of you. It was like, okay, we're going to go to Richards on Richards. Okay. Right. This, yes. This in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. And then you get to, uh, Calgary. Well, guess what? You're going to Cowboys? Cowboys, right? <laughs> So it, it, it's kind of all planned, and everybody knows we're, we're all, all going to meet. And so, um, but New York was one that uh, no, nobody was could have been at the time. Um, ESPN Sports Bar. Oh yeah, right. Ready, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We're at the I think we're at the Sutton Place uh, third, second level elevator up, and then right across here, Times Square. It's like where do you go? In Times yeah, Square? right. You yeah, ESPN know. Zone is what they were exactly, called. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, um, when I was in high school, I don't know if how <laughs> you can relate this. When I was in high school, we used to go to all ages jams. I um, went to high school in Cambridge, Ontario. So we'd go to Kitchener or we'd go to Waterloo. And, um, you know, this is a time before. Well, what's, a, what's a big place in Kitchener? It, it always has the bands all the time. And, um, I think it was the, it wasn't the, I think it was the lyric or no, no it was called, no. um, it's this, uh, oh my God, stages, my... I think. No. There's a stages, the stages in, in Kingston. In Kingston, yeah. Oh. <laughs> was, wait, was the stages, was it around when you were like in high school? Yes. Wow. Yes. Oh my gosh. Last time I went to Kingston, my dude, I was roasted. Yeah. Like, I think I fell asleep in a pizza it, pizza at around 2.48 a.m. Yeah, in my day's uh, stages, um, you know, they had Jeff Healy would come in and play. Okay. Kim Mitchell would come in and play. So. That's Patio Lanterns? Kim, yeah, Kim, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, it was just it was it was fine. It's it's still there. It's more queens, obviously. Yeah. And uh, not uh, geriatrics like myself. And <laughs> it's like, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like we, we're you have a routine. You know what I mean? Like we know where to go. Um, we know we're staying overnight. We didn't charter back in those days. It was always overnight. Overnight. Like- yeah. Playoffs. You'd charter. Um, in reality. Until 9-11 happened, that's when the charters came in, mandatory. Oh. So when I was in Chicago in 1999, um, we were united. Like we were at O'Hare just like everybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And wait. And you flew like, commercial. Commercial, all the time. And if you had back-to-back games, you had the charter, but there wasn't too many of those. Were there so, back-to-back games in the 80s or the early 90s? Um. My back-to-back game was uh, playing in St. Louis in 83. We'd go to uh, L.A. on a Sunday night. We played Tuesday and Thursday, <laughs> and we leave Friday. So Whew, Five days that, and, oh, boy, oh, yeah. And the, the, the worst part about it was the places that the guys would go in those days. Oh, my God, I forget the name of it, but it was a bad pub. 
it's like, and then times change and you start going to the Red Onion, Red Onion and different places and Marina Del Rey. And okay, okay. So it, then it changed. Okay, one, I'm going to get back to the thing about uh, all Asian nightclubs, but bad pubs. When uh, the LA Kings won their Stanley Cup in 2012 and 2014, their celebratory spot was a pub across the street from Matt Green's house. Yep. And that became their local pub. <clears throat> and it was just this, it wasn't like a hole in wall, but it was like, it was a pretty nondescript place. But that's, you know, that became, all of Los Angeles was this little bar in Manhattan Beach because it was across the street from uh, where Matt Green lived. Well, I can tell you that uh, if you want to find me anywhere in the city that I live at, look for one of the worst pubs that's ever. Because <laughs> that's what I do. Like when I was in Montreal, okay, on Crescent Street. Okay. I was Lower Crescent. Okay. And it was called Sanzibar. Her name was Sandy. Okay. <laughs> and it was uh, probably twice the size of this room. That was it. And so the size of a dr- of a hockey dressing room, maybe yeah. a little bit bigger than that. Yeah, and it was cement floor, um, two bathrooms. The best vodka in there was Smirnoff. Oh my and man! People dude. would come in town. It's like, why are you here? Because I'm comfortable, and nobody's looking at me. <laughs> Nobody, like honestly, probably for three months that I was there, it's like, lady said, "What do you do?" I said, "Oh, I work at the Bell Center." <laughs> And I came in with stitches one night. He's like, what happened? It's like, oh, there's a fight over there. So, oh, you're a bouncer? He's like, not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, I bounce pucks in the neck. Yeah. But she had no idea you were a hockey player. No. And then, then somebody else came in. They figured it out. But it was my haven. I just sit there for an hour, hour and a half after a game. And just uh, whoever kind of came in town. And I'll never forget the uh, F1 race was going on. I had some buddies come in from uh, Kingston. So, let's go. I took him there. The guy said, really? <laughs> yeah, they're expecting like, it's, it's like great restaurants, yeah. or, you know, some dance clubs no, or whatever. No. I'm like, no, we're just going to go to this hole in the wall. Your, guys. Or we're going to drink vodka sevens, uh, friggin' Schmirnoffs. Like, 100%. Uh, like we did in high school yeah. when someone's parents went away <laughs> to the cottage for the weekend and we raided the, uh, the liquor cabinet. Yeah. That's all they had. Um, so, okay, last thing about uh, all ages clubs. So when we went to these clubs, these dance clubs, um, uh, there was always one guy in the crew that would have a pen. Because in those days, oh, it sounds horrible, like weird to say, like when we talk to girls, like you want to meet girls from other high schools or whatever, you'd have to write their number. You had, First of all, you have to talk to them in real life. There's no like just yeah. the, uh, being cute on a phone. Uh, so there's, there's face-to-face conversation. And then like at the end of the night, if you were like lucky enough to get a number, you have to write down on a napkin or if there was like a flyer it was close by, but one of the dudes in the crew always had the pen. That's like, hilarious. Like, 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 Chad, give me the pen. Was there a was there a guy in in uh, uh, various teams in the eighties that was the pen guy, or I guess maybe even the nineties that had the pen who was the conduit for? All right, we have some new friends, and then we're no, gonna no back N- to never our, even heard of that. What? No. This like, is, uh, before this is like you know maybe you had so much game that you didn't even need a pen. You're oh like, yeah, All right. sure. <laughs> Sure. All right, let's go play uh, board games. Uh, okay, so you're... Uh, That'd be Jenga drunk. Oh, that, might, that would be actually pretty fun, actually. There's a, there's a place in Toronto where you can play, like, Jenga, oh, and it's, like, the best... And this is, you know, this the, is the best big, way to, like, meet big, people. It's, like, a giant, like, you know... I saw that, yeah. Yeah, and it's a, it's a place called the Addisons, and then, you know, it's everybody loves Jenga, and that's... The key is, you can't... 
You can't take away the middle pieces. The middle pieces is the key. I don't know if you're, you know, a lot of people go for the outside ones, which that's the way to do it. Keep the middle one. Or, um, so, okay. I I can say to you though. Yeah. Um, Plan in St. Louis, we had a training camp in Peoria, Illinois. Okay. And there was one bar, I think it was called the Victorian House. (laughs) And it wasn't a bar, it was a restaurant. Probably the coolest thing that I've ever seen as far as to meet people. There's a barbecue pit in the middle of the restaurant. Oh, wow. You go pick your own steak. You take it up and you barbecue beside everybody that's up there. So you take your drink up there. You're making your own steak. Now, some people, if you don't want, they can make it for you. But there's garlic bread up there. There's baked potatoes up there. So you're really? up there. And it was a really cool idea. Wow. So it's, still, it's still going, by the way. It's still there. Yeah. I got, I've never been to St. Louis. I got to go to that. No, this is, this is in Peoria, Illinois. Oh, sorry. Peoria, you're right. right, right. It's in training um, camp. It's similar, I guess. Some for some people, it would be similar to like what the Mongolian grill is. You sit around, or like going to like kind a takoyaki yeah. place, except you're the one with the you know yep. with the cool you know the uh, the spatula. Okay, so um, okay, you're here on uh, to celebrate the next generation of Toronto Maple Leafs fans, and the campaign's called Leafs Next Ones. And for those listening or, or watching this, you can go to MapleLeafs.com slash Next Ones N E X T zero zero one S Next Ones. Um, you do a handful of alumni events, probably a year or, uh, you know, yeah. And, um, so how, uh, how cool is it for this one for you? And can you explain a little bit about what, uh, what this next one campaign is? Well, there's a, a, a obviously a grand prize, um, uh, March 24th, um, do- donations are $10. So you have a chance for your family or yourself and three other people to, Night at a hotel, Air Canada Club, watch practice, go to the game, swag, everything else. But it's just uh, to raise money for this uh, this cause, and it's it's something that uh, for me, being a father and a grandfather, are you okay? Wow. Yes, yes, yes. I, I was uh, I was a very mature kid back in the days. It's my story. <laughs> <laughs> no, you weren't. But no, I wasn't. I'm still not sure either. Um, but it, it's something um, MLSE uh, Launchpad that it's there's a building now in Moss Park that is 4,200 or 42,000 square feet, and it's an opportunity for uh, kids to come in, um, pretty much from four years old to 24 years old, and uh, play some sports whatever it might be there, um, also get your education. I think the biggest thing is that they say is, for me, education first. Mm-hmm. I know I wasn't born that way, but as the times change, yes. education yeah, yeah. first. And then um, you get rewarded by playing sports. That's cool. And it, it's a really cool concept. And, and again, the biggest thing is... Um, the donations, you know, buy as many as you want, but again, it's ten dollars to start with, and uh, again, it's uh, coming up March twenty fourth against the Red Wings, and it's a good rivalry, and as we want to see our Leafs uh, keep getting better. Is it available? There's, there's to- a lot of uh, other prizes as well, and again, the grand prize is four the, people the grand, the or four tickets. Prize, you fly into the city, and again, it's overnight hotel room. Um, it's, uh, now is it a hotel? Is it the Quality Inn by the no, uh, it's not. Old no. that's, that's, come on, that's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I would have booked in there tonight. <laughs> um, no story time with uh, no. Uncle Dougie. Yeah, 
No, it's, uh, again, it's uh, something that you think about the first hundred years and now it's the next ones. And um, a generation of kids are going to follow the kids now. When you go to uh, events, what is the thing that people want to talk to you the most about? Oh, God. Like, what's the, you know, it's... The high stick. Oh, that's the one, huh? Yeah, still, it huh? Still comes back, yeah. It's like, give it up, man. You, <laughs> <laughs> you're the master of the wraparound goal. Like, that was... When I played, and I don't know if... Yeah, interesting. So, Jalen Rose tells a story. Uh, he was a basketball player, played for the Toronto Raptors for a little bit. How, like, in the early 90s, he stole a TV from Patrick Ewing and played on the Knicks. He had this mobile, mobile TV unit that he'd watch, like, game tape on. But the guys played, like, video games. On with with this mobile TV, so you know, for many of us, like NHL '93, NHL '94 was a massive video game. You know, when Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis came out, and obviously the Madden series. Did were were video games like? Did you just miss that window where you guys played? You guys were into video games because it I, just I, came a little was, bit after. I was never really into video games. To this day, I'm not. Man, you were a monster in NHL '93. Well. Again, my boys, they would play and stuff. But for my days, honestly, I try to explain to kids in junior ranks and minor hockey, watch NHL players on a Saturday night. Learn from it. See what they do. See how good they are. So that was my video games. Oh, would, you just watch, you just watch the games. I won't, Come on. We, it was only Saturday night games we had. Right, yeah, yeah, So yeah. I'd watch, and I'd watch, and it's like, try to learn and all of a sudden Gretzky does this move and I'm going to try it next day in practice. And that's how you learn. And just from to this day, it's like, I know uh, the junior ranks, they play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, most nights. Okay. So, but there's a lot of weekday games. Don't sit there and play video games. (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead. But if you want to be a hockey player, learn what these guys do and absorb it. And it'll make you better, believe me. How do you how do you communicate with kids where so many people and I, I'm guilty of this too. We just live on our phones. Yeah, it's. I come on, I can't lie. I, I'm the same now. You live on your phone? Oh yeah, it's like. Do you send but, emojis to your players? No, 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 no. Like, <laughs> I don't talk to the players at all. <laughs> it's like my my thing is like. Um, Kelly will send me what I have to do. Okay, yeah. And I'll have it on my phone. I write everything down. You're still like an old I have school... A book. I look at my book every day, yeah. what's going on, because I don't want to forget. And even though it's in here, I still have to write it down so I know what I have to do, where I'm going. Gotcha. You have very stylish glasses. By the way, I know this is an audio medium, and some people might see this. But you have very stylish glasses. I wonder how big the font is on your phone, because you say those are your those are your prescription glasses, yeah. Like if your font's bigger than forty eight, I'm going to make fun of you. Yeah. So I, if you just, I just need to see one of your text message conversations. That is not the size of your font. Yeah. That's a real life. Like, look at the size of this font. <laughs> this font is like seventy two. You guys, this font is seventy two. Doug Gilmore, what is? <coughs> The, no, check that. You're, the font is 93, my dude. Hey. What? It must take you forever to read emails or text message conversations. Yeah, I, can, I can see it when it's back here, but my <laughs> arms aren't growing. <laughs> so, believe me, 
Um, Man. Yeah. yeah. Yo, but, that's the largest font I've ever seen on a phone. It's like I still got two more to go. <laughs> two more sizes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got lots of time. You're the best. Um, okay, so you, you mentioned book. Uh, you're, you mentioned your like your daily calendar when you were um, okay. So in 2017, you released a book, uh, "Killer My Life in Hockey." In the in the writing or the retelling stories, at what point did you just get sick about talking about your life? It's like, oh my gosh. You know what? I, I wasn't sick of it. What happened was um, pretty much a year after I retired. So I'm coming up next year is 15 years. Oh, wow. And um, people asked me to write a book, write a book. And then Kelly came to me and said, um, this is off. They want I said, no. And then about, uh, I don't know, if, I believe six years ago, I lost my dad. And then last year I lost my mom and it's like, you know what? And before I started the book, mom was dementia. And it was just like, to me, you know what? Um, believe it or not, I was at a medium last night and my parents were there. Wow. So it was pretty cool. Is that your first time? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What, what, uh, what was the I impetus just, for going? Just kind of closure, you know what I mean? Like make sure they're good. And cause, uh, it was just really unique, and and again, I don't have regrets, but the regret I do have is that I should have wrote the book when they're alive to have more input from their side. So, I'm going to tell you a story. I've got this uh, jacket I bought at uh, Zara, and uh, nice. it looks like an old couch. <laughs> I know the exact material you're talking okay. about. That that pattern. Yeah. I loved it. Okay, but put it on. It was, it was, they only had one there. It was a little bit bigger on me. So um, I put my hand in the pocket, like, do it up. There's two dimes in the left pocket. So when I saw the meeting last night, did you get those two dimes out of your jacket? That was for your parents. I'm like, and I was just what like. What do you mean? Well, dimes are supposed to be a reflection of uh, your, if you lost somebody. So. Brand new jacket, there's two dimes in there. If I bought the jacket right away, because I believed it, I've heard this before, this medium that I've never seen before in my life, she goes, yeah, you get the dimes out of the jacket? So, yeah, I did. So, believe it or not. Wow. Wait, when did you buy the jacket? After your parents had passed? Or after your mom had passed? Three months ago, I bought it. My mom's passed away uh, seven months now, six months now. So then, when the medium says that to you, how did you how did you process? Oh, that? I had a tear in my eye right away. It's like, but again, I heard about this. Okay, I'm. I'm never, the thing about the dimes. The dimes. So when I tried the jacket on, put my hand in the pocket, brand new jacket. There's two dimes in there. So I bought the jacket, whether it fit or not. I bought it. Went to see a medium, and she brought that up. Wow. She had no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had no idea about a jacket, but she was. The two dimes you found in your jacket, that's your parents are right here. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. That was, yeah, that would like you, 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 and again, whether people believe it or not, I'm, I, I was floored. Yeah. I was floored. I was, I am just listening to the story. I was scared to go, you know, but it was just like, it was something that I, I had to do and a lot of great things and that they, it's just, it's remarkable. And again, if you believe in it, great. If you don't, that's your opinion. But I was uh, I was floored last night, so it was pretty cool. Did it meet your expectations or exceed your expectations? Exceed. 
exceeded. Yeah. Wow. Because yeah. there was nothing in, on, I'm not on the internet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, uh, it wasn't in my book. There's no way that anybody would know. Nobody. Yeah. So I was, I was floored. So did you get closer to the closure that you were you were seeking? Well, I wasn't really looking for closure. Oh, okay. I just, I wanted, you know, kind of say bye. And, you know, thank you for everything. And and it was pretty cool, though. So you said, you know, your dad's very proud of you. He never showed it. And he didn't. But I said, I knew that. So it was good. So you had, it was a tough love upbringing it, with your pops, it yeah? It wasn't tough love. It was just, he was uh, strict. And if you want to do it, he's going to push me. If you didn't want to do it, then don't do it. And I think the learning curve out of all that is I'm, I have a lot of more emotions than he did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's old school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but I knew. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, I knew. I could just look at his eyes. I knew he was proud. But he would never really say it. Because that's what I'm... I'm dad, I'm tough. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it was good. It was really cool. Did he, like many fans, bring up the high stick? Yeah. <laughs> no. No. My best story is my dad. <laughs> no, no. I, so my, my, listen, my, you talk about it all the time. I don't want you to talk about my it My best here. story with my dad, uh, I think I was about 11 years old. I was a little defenseman, and uh, I tell this story all the time. And it's like I had, th- I had a game that I scored three goals. Had a boy. And go to the trunk, get my equipment in the car, and Dad says, leave it there. In the trunk? Yeah. And I was like, why? He says, well, you didn't do anything today. Everything came natural. Didn't work. Didn't do anything. So next day, obviously he took my stuff out of the trunk when I went to bed. Next day, um, played again, and I didn't get any points. So got home. Walked right in the house. He goes, whoa, 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 son, get back here. Get your equipment. It's the best game I've ever seen you play. He goes, you worked hard. Didn't get any points, but that's you got to work hard. So taught me a quick lesson. Mm. Are you, do you think you're as tough on your kids as he was on you? Or are you, are you like a total softy? Softy. <laughs> yeah. Like that's so hard for some people to digest because man, your your nickname was Killer. Like you were one of the toughest, baddest mother bleepers of your era of hockey players. You know, and then I now mean, you're sitting in front of me like, yeah, I'm a softie. It, it was survival. You know, it, it broken in '83, and there was a lot of respect in the game. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to hit somebody, you better get ready because it could be a five on five, it could be a bench clearing brawl. So there's a lot more respect that. You're not going to take liberties on certain guys. I see what you mean. Okay, yeah. Um, for me to go into a game, I'd look at the lineup. <laughs> I didn't care who I played against offensively, meaning forwards. Example, I'll use Chicago. Okay. Chelios, take my head off. Okay, <laughs> so Marsh- you're looking at the defense. Marchman's going to take my knee out. <laughs> Steve Smith's going to take my head off. Okay, you go down the list. And it's like, okay, I got these guys to go against tonight. So I got to have my head up. And again, when you put your helmet on, um, your eyes change. It's like, you know what? The worst thing you do is to a good player that competes is get them mad. So when guys take liberties on you, 
well, game on now. Here we go. And I'd do anything I can to survive. And I hurt people. I did things wrong. Um, take my helmet off. I'd go home and go, oh, Rod, did I do that? But I had to let people know that I wasn't all there sometimes. <laughs> See, some people play well with anger. Some people, maybe the anger takes over them and they can't, they can't perform as, as well. I mean, it seems like you played well with anger. If you were an antagonizer, if someone had just, like if you were, you know, uh, is it uh, uh, Bruce Banner and then you turn and see the Incredible Hulk when someone just, you get and I, I, I remember Brian Sutter telling me in St. Louis, my roommate for five years, go and play certain teams. Play the Islanders. I'm, I'm playing against Bossy uh, or Trotche in the middle, but Bossy and Clark Gillies. Brian Sutter would say, whatever you do tonight, do not wake up Gillies. If you wake up Clark Gillies, that line's going to go. So I'd never wake him up. So you wouldn't, like, you wouldn't would, hit him, you wouldn't no, be extra physical? No, not at all. Because if he gets <laughs> going, he's going to power over everybody. And I, I got it. I had to listen. I'm young, but at the same time, then as time goes on, all of a sudden, guy, say you're kind of in the game, but you're not in the game. Five minutes into it, you get knocked out. Or not knocked out, you get hit in the boards hard. It's like... You kidding me? Okay. Now Here you're awake, go. yeah. So don't now you're don't up. don't wake these people up. Yeah. And I, I figured a lot of people out that I played against. It's like oh, be calm against these guys and don't wake them up. And then other guys you'd wake up to they get mad and do something stupid and then you win. Who was the guy that you played against that was always like alert and are not or like I guess woken up, who played like the friggin' Ultimate Warrior, if you re- remember that wrestling reference. Yes. Do you remember the Ultimate 100% Warrior? 100% I do. Okay. Um, there were so many like, guys, like, I don't know. Like, I go back to Chelly all the time because, you know what, had fun, party hard, but at the same time, he competed each and every night. He played till he was 46. Yeah, that's crazy. And... Um, it was like, it was a war. And after the game was over, you'd see him probably have a beer with him. <laughs> but next game, here we go again. And again, there's 20 years of it. There's a lot of guys that, you know, competed hard against you. And that, uh, well, put it this way, playing in San Jose. And uh, the captain of San Jose at the time was Todd Gill. Well, Wasn't it like, they use like six six like no that? no 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 not oh I'm no, thinking Todd of Gill sorry Todd yeah, Gill sorry Todd sorry, Gil. sorry so again five and a half years with him here right and then he gets traded I get traded so I'm playing with Jersey and we're in San Jose and um, he's all over me every shift and I I always try to hit guys on the calf hard so, in the calf muscle yeah with your stick yeah okay okay, okay when nobody's looking. <laughs> Because <laughs> that calf will shut down in the second, third period. Unless it's, <laughs> this is amazing. So <laughs> I got Todd Gill, and he turned around and hit me. And so it was a 1-1 game, I believe it was, and he took a penalty on me. He came with a penalty box and scored on a breakaway. Oh. So after the game was over. Um, <laughs> it's amazing you can remember this with such detail. Well, we were in, we were in uh, yeah. We were in uh, San Jose, and uh, Dave Ellett was in Jersey with me. So after the game was over, um, our manager came in. And it's like, let's 
get in a car, go for a couple of beers. And Giller jumped in there and he goes, you should have seen the teammate, my teammates today. It's like, you guys hate each other. He said, no, we don't. We're going for a beer right now. They're going, what? You guys just punch each other in the face, but you're going for a beer now? Yeah, <laughs> that's how it works. That's respect yeah. and camaraderie. Oh, that's awesome. Um, well, I know, I know we got to wrap up soon, so uh, I just want to um, remind people, MapleLeafs.com slash next ones to enter in this contest. We can win this great, this fantasy trip. You three of your to win four tickets uh, for a coming to game in Toronto March 24th. Yes, Doug? Yes. It's just something that, uh, again, $10. 10 bucks, And uh, gives an opportunity for uh, kids to uh, have a lot of fun and uh, grow and just uh, just like our, you know, kids that uh, I have, you don't have kids yet, but no, sir. it's like uh, be respectful kids and, and learn and education most important. Have fun with sports. Uh, I wish this was longer. Like, there's so many. I want to do so many deep dives. Like, that last story you told me was amazing. Like, I, I want to, I wish, you know, well, the next, we, the next time it, we have one of these. When I was writing the book, it's like, I bet you we had to cut 700 pages out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had to cut, Doug, we had to cut 700 pages because the no, that font was, just was too fun. big. Yeah. <laughs> 700 oh. pages of 93-point font, it was, <laughs> which is really about uh, 61 pages. Yeah, well, hey, just messing with you. It's, uh, it's a lot better. I still got Pong. <laughs> <laughs> when I think it's bigger, I can see it. <laughs> You're the best. Uh, True G, and it was uh, my pleasure having you here. Thank you for joining me on the Cabby Presents podcast. Doug Gilmore, I'm in. Cabby, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Doug Gilmore. This was Cappy Presents, the podcast.